Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. And I'm Jason Maletsky. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. Amen. If you want to find us on the internet family, it's trustthejourney.today. That is our website. It's our Instagram. Please follow us wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Uh, please like, comment, share, subscribe, all of that thing. All of those things help the show. Um, and if you want to connect with us more intimately, more directly, and support the show at the same time, you can donate on Patreon and become a member of the Trust the Journey family. We welcome people to join us there. We have a private Facebook group where we come together and connect and support each other as well. And it really makes a difference. The financial support makes a huge difference for us. So thank you to everyone who is supporting us in this way. And again, no pressure. Supporting us by sharing is also a huge, huge value. So thank you for everyone and join us if you feel called. And I'll second that. Thank you to everybody who supports us through Patreon. You really do make this show possible. And we would love to encourage more of you to join the Trust the Journey family and support through that mechanism. We are also officially looking for sponsors and or advertisers and partners. If you are somebody or you know somebody who you think is a good fit for Trust the Journey to partner with, we'd love to hear from you. So please feel free to reach out to us. MelanieCurtis.com, Jason Maletsky at Gmail. You get a hold of us pretty easily. We'd also like to thank Kimberly Joy of Voice for taking over the editing of our show, as well as the posting and a lot of the other responsibilities that are coming along. She's just wonderful and she is available for others who are also looking for those services. KimberlyJoyVoice.com. Yeah, yeah. And also, certainly, if you want to follow us individually, Jay is on Instagram at Jason underscore Maletsky. Jay mentioned my website, MelanieCurtis.com. You can reach out to me there directly anytime and see what we all have going on. For me, for example, I'm a keynote speaker. I'm a consultant. I'm a coach. So... If you feel resonant with me and my style or feel I would be of value to your company or your team or yourself, by all means, please reach out to me. Yeah, and I can speak directly to the fact that Melanie is of huge value to my style. So (laughs) thank you for being my partner in this endeavor, Melanie. And if you would like to get a hold of me, uh, same thing. I do remote coaching all the time. Um, And so that brings us to our topic for today. We're talking about remote work, the positives and negatives, the advantages, the challenges that come along with it. So... We're kicking this. This is a great segue from the last episode of LTD, a live in the dream and how the live in the dream concept and the remote work go together. And I think it's a it's an interesting segue because both Melanie and I's journeys have come from the pro skydiver journey, which involves the, a lot of actually involves a lot of traveling around and going to events and being involved in different organizations and different drop zones and different boogies and different things that are happening and that remote work, it happens a lot. And it's not something you're always kind of where you can see all the moving parts so you know how it's going to all pan out. You're going to kind of 
get your legs as it comes at you. So. Yeah, I think this is perfectly timed as well to talk about this because this is a huge part of what's going on in the societal conversation right now, post-COVID or in COVID and the maturing impact of COVID on our society, on our global society, is very much, very much a conversation. I had a, a chat with some colleagues in a consulting mastermind that I'm in. And I asked about just what their, I just wanted to learn more about what their thoughts were sort of uh, crowdsourcing ideas and the like taking advantage in a positive sense, the brilliant minds that I was on this call with. And so anyway, we went into this conversation around remote work and there was a big debate about, and one woman in this call had a really strong feeling that it was not necessarily the best. And this is coming from the perspective of corporate America and how being a remote worker or a hybrid worker in that in those spaces can not being seen by your colleagues, not being there to make those water cooler connections, not being there to have the spitballing back and forth and you're included in those ideas could have a serious impact on relationships and upward mobility again in that line of work. So I was interested and thoughtfully and gratefully considering this idea. And I, what I shared back around that was cool. Yes. Potentially that is very real for some people that they are missing out on opportunities. And I'm like, perhaps there isn't an acceptance of that. If people are more called to the freedom and the time it allows them to be with their family or whatever culture or value pillar that they're choosing to design their life around and why remote work or hybrid work might be a right fit for them, that maybe they're like, okay, maybe there is an impact on my upward mobility and maybe some people won't care or maybe people will be like, oh, all right, I'm going to go to the office more and accept that cost, quote unquote, to what their choice is. But it's really interesting how it just there's so much complexity to this idea right out the gate. Well, and the concept of remote work has been one that at least in the, in the Western society culture of North America, where taking your work home with you is has been questionable for a long time until really until the pandemic that we just recently went through prior to that working remotely meant kind of mm, ah is this going to be okay do we really trust trust that we're going to get you know a, a viable product like are we really getting the time we deserve you know is this really you know are people slacking or not really doing enough you know what's the availability like and and interestingly you know i watched it uh, firsthand with my entire company through the entire pandemic uh where the demographics showed that the statistics showed that people actually work more and they're more dedicated they're more present and your kind of accountability is even higher with being a remote worker than it is if you say have structured office hours and I personally like really saw how and I see this regularly in my own life, like my work never I never escape my work because my work is always, always 
with me everywhere. If I have a moment where I'm not engaged in something, I immediately feel like I need to be present to those responsibilities because they're not, uh, you know, it's not a nine to five Monday to Friday type thing. So I've actually had to put things back into those boxes and keep them in those boxes as much as possible in order for them to, to not become 24 hours of availability every single day of the week kind of, uh, as a result of that, yeah, I'm, I'm here remotely kind of structure. Oh, yeah. God, boundaries, learning how to have boundaries when you are a remote person, when you are connected to your work and your workmates or your clients or your colleagues, whatever, virtually, remotely, via a phone or a computer, it is, I have heard countless stories from my own clients and other people in the coaching space and doing my own work in the coaching space and building my business and all this to have to learn how to do that, how to set those boundaries when and actually then do it to recognize the anxieties that will then make us break those boundaries that we want to see in our life and lifestyle. So I don't know about you, but I I grew up in a kind of a blue collar environment where it was my first number of jobs were all the same. I would show up at a certain time and I would leave at a certain time and we'd have scheduled breaks for, you know, regular breaks. And then we would have lunches or dinners if we were on a late shift, but you'd have your, your scheduled time. I'd show up at nine. We'd have a break around 1030. We'd work until noon. We'd have an hour, an hour and a half off for lunch. Then we would work again till about three and then break for half an hour and then we'd work till about five o'clock and then you're done and you're off the clock and the grind as it is you know whatever job that was whether it was a desk or whether it was a car or like driving or whether it was being at a machine or working a job site or whatever you're only really present to it while you're within those boundaries that are predetermined and as soon as you take the work remote it's just ever present it's always there It can be. It doesn't have to be, but for most it is. And I've definitely had that experience as ever as ever present. I just want to note something that when you were describing the the experience of your work experiences in your young days about show up at nine, I get you get a break at 1030, you work for another hour and a half, you get a lunch at noon. I literally in my body felt it felt it be heavier even just thinking about having that as my lifestyle it is so like my body my being my spiritual self rejects that highly it's interesting i really liked the jobs where i was in kind of on and you're on non-stop Mm. And you work fully engaged. So skydiving is an example where you show up at a certain time, whether it be eight or nine in the morning, seven in the morning, who knows what. And then you're just busy until you're done with the work. And there would be no scheduled breaks. You know, right. you just turn and burn all the time kind of thing. Those are, I really, I don't know why my body, I like that, like just full on engagement. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a different conversation <laughs> about uh, how and why and why or like in what ways that would exhaust a person. You know, like yeah. one of the things that I wrote on my list, I have a number of different things that I wrote down to potentially talk about today about around this subject. But there's some neutral things. There's some positive things and there's some perceptibly negative things, one of which being undeniably for me the zoom exhaustion thing holy fuck that is real for me i mean obviously we're on zoom now it's it's different because certain things this is obviously a space that fuels me energetically and it's not that my other work doesn't fuel me energetically to me it's like just the, the amount of time looking at a computer screen. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes when I have a phone call now for a client call, it is so helpful. It makes a difference when people opt as a life coaching client for me to do a phone call instead of a Zoom call. I'm happy yeah. to do either because I care to respect what is best for my client. That is something I choose to do and a boundary I allow. You know what I mean? But I would be lying if I didn't say having a zillion Zoom calls did not hugely affect my energy. Holy crap. It's That's a new boundary I'm still learning. So as things went remote for me, I started to do what we were talking about earlier with boundaries and I started setting up, I won't take a meeting or a scheduled call or any kind of communication from anybody until 9am. And I set that clear line because one of the things that makes it really challenging is when you work with people in time zones all over the world. And that means some, a lot of time it's more convenient for people in other places if I start a little earlier or go really late at night. And it really, it really, really, really gets to me. It really throws my circadian rhythm. It throws my, I get, I find myself angry or irritable and not communicating in the ways that I like to communicate because I'm outside of a time frame that I'm comfortable to be in. Yep. So just like you were saying, you know, when your body recoils at that, if I force myself to wake up at six in the morning to be on a call for 630 or seven, because that's the time frame that somebody on the other side of the planet needs me to be there. I end up with a lower quality product as far as my, how I deliver as a result. So I set up those boundaries to make sure that my quality, that the, the, how I'm showing up is actually up to the par that I want to hold for myself and then I'm able to deliver at a place that works for me to say, yeah, this is representative of the level of work that I want to be able to show. And then equally, I started recognizing exactly what you're talking about, like the Zoom burnout. If I do two or three Zoom calls in a morning, by noon, I can't do any more yeah, Zoom calls. So I'm exhausted. Cooked on, cooked on it, right? Totally like it's cooked. just my eyes are fried. My, my brain starts going foggy and I can't think anymore. And I've found that I really need to just block them into smaller chunks and I need to take time away from the screens, go outside. And one of the examples that I love to do, like you said, is like take a call that's just a phone and I'll put on a headset and go for a walk. Yep. And just chat in a walking state and get outside and move around rather than being sedentary, mm -hmm. being tied to the screen. And in that kind of just, um, there's that. So this is the, 
living the dream dichotomy of like, oh, yeah, remote work. It's awesome. I'll be at home. I'll be working from home. It'd be great. My kids are there when they want to be or my dog, my cat. I've got my bathroom. I get to if I stop, and take a shower. Awesome. No, no, <laughs> it can be such the opposite, right? Where it's just like it just never. Oh, it's so hard to break away from it. Oh, so, yeah, setting those boundaries has been really, really key. Yeah, the counterpoint to that part of this discussion is certainly the freedom and flexibility, because that is really wonderful. Like, for example, we are recording this on a Saturday. For the last handful of years, I have been really hardcore about my boundary to not do any work calls, nothing, zip on a weekend. Why I am being flexible and feel good about doing this recording session on a weekend day is because I looked ahead into my calendar and I know that next Friday I'm driving to my parents' house and I'm going to have three full weeks where I'm having two, three day work weeks. And I'm going to have lots of open days where I am really not available. And that's about like, that's a freedom and flexibility choice on the other side, you know? So it's, for me, it's that understanding how much can I handle? How much can my system handle my psyche, my spiritual well-being, my physical well-being? And that to me has only been learned over a lot of time and trial and error where I'm like, oh, fuck, I am smoked. And then I have the freedom and flexibility to have multiple days in a row where I am maybe a little depressed and I'm sleeping in until 10 a.m. Like I have that that flexibility and freedom as well because I am in control of my own destiny. I can choose anytime I want when to schedule a client call or a highlight meeting or not. If I am touching base with my system, I'm checking in with myself and going, this is not this is too much. I need I need some time and space from this type of engaging. It's it's uh, I relate to this in the way where I find that if I'm working with the computer as my primary source of connectivity to whatever documents I'm working on, if they're all through the computer, the communications, the Zoom calls, the online storage like Dropbox or Drive or whatever cloud storage device kind of thing. If everything is through the computer all the time, there's no real um, breaks. There's no real gaps. It used to be, at least my experience, the computer was a lot slower and it didn't. There'd be times when you're like, okay, I'm going to walk away while it renders video for the next hour (laughs) or two because it's not (laughs) going to do anything. I can't touch my computer for a long, you know, you just can't touch it. And now... (laughs) It's kind of funny, right? It's right. like rotor. Yeah. It's like the version of a rotary phone on a computer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. So now, what I've seen is like when I get this is one of the things I struggle with is I want to be committed to whatever I'm working on. So I set up the time periods when I have calls. I set up the days of the week when I'm going to be present to my work or whatever sets of responsibilities I've outlined for myself, whichever entity I'm working for at whatever time. And then 
I, this, the struggle that I have is the cutting it off. And so you said I'm strict about not having any calls on Saturdays, you know, and I found this is one thing I've adopted as well, where I'm like, you know what? I never wanted to work a nine to five job. I never wanted to work a Monday to Friday job. One of the reasons why I became a pro skydiver is because I worked weekends and I had weekdays off and I liked the alternative schedule, the, like the different type of lifestyle and having fun at work and then moving to this you know, remote interactive computer always present work man if i didn't take Monday, uh, saturday and sunday off i'd have nobody to spend any time with i can't align with anybody else's schedule and i don't get that structured time away from the responsibility set it dwindles into the late hours of the night it arrives early in the morning and i personally because i'm am i a workaholic or am i just you know really passionate about my work or is it just that i'm consumed by the things that i really am doing and i want to make sure i deliver at a full level but i have a hard time turning the off switch off even when i walk away from the computer yep you know i'm still in that place even though i've left the screen and it's really hard to detach because it's not like I punched the clock and I'm gone home to be with my family. I'm just turned like uh, literally like a 180 degree turn into the other room and nothing really changes. So I find that that when the scenery doesn't change, when there's not that movement from one place to another, it's really hard to mentally, emotionally and physically switch modes and, and let go of one piece. And, yeah. Yeah. I resonate with literally everything you just said. It's it's uh, add add being yeah. an entrepreneur and having it be your own business on yeah. top and see if try to get away from it. Yeah. And the questioning. There's a such an interesting growth path as an entrepreneur, at least in my experience, because, yeah, there and there is that reflection, I think, around am I a workaholic? Am I passionate about my work? Am I wanting to deliver at a high level? I think all of them for me are present absolutely all of them. And comically enough, <laughs> I was literally just texting with one of my friends earlier before this session about how I am, quote, working to be in a place where I am putting in less effort to be <laughs> where I'm working less. I'm, quote, working to work less. Uh, but to for me, it's on, a, on the side of my spiritual growth and healing where I am feeling very much called to move away from this intense masculine energy that has been very present in my life as a high achiever, as someone who is likes to produce at high levels, who can produce at high levels. There's so many great things about it. So it's not a negative. It's more that there's a recognition for me that I have a lack of, of balance there, that I've done a lot and I've achieved a lot and I'm so grateful and I'm not going to not use my masculine energy and my ability to, to achieve and work and grow and produce. I only want to reflect on that and, and continue to check in with this part of myself that continues to have this cyclical experience with exhaustion. It is super, super, as Jay yawns, <laughs> you know, struggling to keep the yawn. <laughs> yeah, right I know. <laughs> I, I want 
an experience in my life, a, a deeper, more immersive experience in my life with the feminine. And that means more time in nature. That means certainly more connecting to my feminine expression and my uh, create creating and connecting and dancing and dress and those types of things. So there's lots of different ways I'm I'm looking at that. But it's also in the very abstract surrender, you know, versus the pressing, the effort, the the force, which Again, we acknowledge this on the LTD episode. I am a fucking force of nature and I'm cool with it. I like it. I know it's a good thing. And if it's the only part of me that I nurture, I am totally logically going to end up exhausted from that. It's an interesting balance to try and strike. I'm, I'm, I'm going to point out to anybody who's not watching on YouTube, if you're just listening on an audio feed, that this is a bunk bed that <laughs> I'm broadcasting from right now. And this is one of the things that, you know, comes along with remote work is you just have to buckle down and make it work wherever you are. And this is far from comfortable. It's far from ideal. Mm -hmm. the, I currently have two of the drawers from the dresser that's in the room here stacked on top of the chair with a book in order to get the computer to sit at a height where it's reasonably okay for the alignment for some lighting in the room and to be able to have the microphone close enough and and have to sit at a, a kind of an awkward angle and try to make it so that the background is you know reasonable for the viewership yeah and if I touch my computer, it'll probably fall over <laughs> exactly I've done this. Absolutely done this. Yeah. So, yeah, it is this, you know, I've got this like, I have a love hate relationship with it. I have to say, like, I have been doing some other jobs over the last couple of years where I step into different sets of responsibilities. Like some of my work is showing up for teaching a course, you know, and I show up early in the morning. It's earlier than I like. I have to say, I'll be straight mm, up honest, mm -hmm. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. It's hard. I have to force myself up in the morning. I break my normal sleep rhythms. Yep. I'm up hours before when I would be awake. And I have to get through kind of a little angriness to arrive with a positive energy. And then I'm usually on the job for 12 hours nonstop. And that's usually a couple days in a row. Uh, and if I were to work uh, uh, some of the other courses, that might go on for five days in a row where you're just, just on. And then I've done some jobs that are like the one that I'm at right now where I've got like kind of shift work where there's little blocks, like an hour and a half here, an hour and a half there, a couple hours here, and there's breaks in between. Um, and just exposing myself to the different ways has really provided me some excellent perspective like really relating because it's so easy to get caught in like one pattern all the time and just be like oh this is the way it is yeah you know, i'm just doing this and this is how i do it and it's mm -hmm. been that way for 10 years or 15 or 20 years or whatever evolve. yeah and i have to say like i'm i'm really like learning to like okay maybe i need to step back and really look at which of the processes work well for me and which ones don't work very well and try to create realities and circumstances that empower me to live, you know, live that beautiful life, live that life that says I'm arriving, feeling stoked about being there, 
I'm, you know, enthusiastically engaged in what I'm doing and I'm able to deliver at a high value the, the, what you're getting from Jay is actually Jay in his passionate state. Exactly right. Know, which, which is what I want. I want that if I'm going to show up to something that I'm, I'm stoked to be doing it, whether it's driving a bus or giving a, a keynote speech or, you know, doing a performance in front of a huge audience yep. or whatever it might be. I'd like to be there in, in full form. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of there's a lot of things that come into around that, you know. Oh, yeah, that is 100 percent why I would care to reflect on this also is is I mean, not 100 percent. That's part of it's a, one of the pillars of why I care to reflect is how do I show up with 100 percent? How do I deliver at a high level? Because, again, if I'm showing up for a life coaching session and I am I want to be, and it is very important to me to be present, energetically available, energetically bright and loving and safe and and spacious for my people. That's very, very, very important to me because that is how, in my experience, the client is best served and their growth is best served and our working relationship optimally functions. So like, that's a big deal. So I mentioned, of course, about the weekends and why and how I've been super fucking hardcore about it. It's partly because of this recovery of like, I recognize I need recovery. It just became so much more apparent to me, uh, when COVID happened and the Zoom exhaustion experience sort of came in because I had Zoom calls before, but not the way it was once COVID hit, of course, you know, like people would do video calls and it was a thing, but not the thing. So that recovery is a thing. I also recognize that I need large swaths of time to recover so I, I needed to have some kind of boundary and that understanding and awareness of myself and my needs goes into my work week as well. Sometimes I will pile my calls on Monday and Thursday and, I, and the other days won't we'll have one call met like two at the most, but then I'm sort of starting to break that boundary of I need large swaths of time. This is a big reason why I schedule in the morning when my energy is really strong and good. And then I also can look at my calendar and not be sort of energetically daunted that I have a full commitment, a full swath of time that is full of commitment and full of energetic engagement. I can go, okay, I focus one call at a time. And I know I can bring good, beautiful energy and attention and focus and presence to this call and also go, oh, and I only have one more call. Okay. I I definitely can do that and feel like supported by what I have scheduled, if that makes sense. I'm on exactly the same page. I try to do all my interpersonal work between nine and 12 a.m. so that I'm sharp and I can be truly present and my attention is not already waning. I really feel like it's really important when I'm working with people directly that they feel like my presence is there and I can do other kinds of work like I can 
I can you know grind on a document or a spreadsheet or some project that needs doing and work on some, developing something in the, uh, in the other hours, but I don't like it. Like today's a great example. It's 6 40 PM right now, my time and I'm yawning mm-hmm. and my eyes are fluttering a little bit cause it's, it's late. I've been up since seven this morning. You know, I had an early shift this morning, yep. so I'm doing my best to be here and to truly show up in the way that I want to, but it's hard and yeah. I don't feel as good about it. And I have another shift after this, mm-hmm. you know, and I've had a bunch of these. We did a session a little a few days ago where we went from 10 p.m. to midnight so to hard. get some stuff done, you know, and it's a struggle that, you know, get the blurry eyed like trying to be here. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Living the dream. Oh, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Working from the bunk bed. And I think, you know, when we talk about this and and we think about it from the perspective of how will this conversation potentially add value to those listening that may not have the same experience as us, because our experiences are relatively similar. We have a professional sport that takes us around to events. We have a similar experience with remote work and why it was it became something in our lives. Right. Whereas other people, I'm imagining, if I empathetically imagine people who now have that nine to five and they are still committed from this time to this time, five days a week or whatever, and they are now faced with this opportunity to have this experience and see how it impacts them. That's what I would highlight for people listening in that in that situation is to lean into the experience and see what you learn about yourself. Check in. How is it impacting you? What are you noticing about your relationships in the workspace? What are you noticing about your relationships at home? What are you noticing about your own well-being and self-care? What are you noticing about your productivity levels and your ability to show up like we've been talking about it at your workplace and on these calls? To just ask those questions of yourself and see what you find. I can't help but... Give it up for all the parents out there. Oh, my God. How I'm I don't know how parents could possibly have survived COVID. And <laughs> I don't understand. It's I well, amazing. Even, even just the think of parenting as a job. Oh, my gosh. You never have a day off. It's every day of the week, every hour of the day. The more kids you have, the more jobs you have to take care of. You know, so if you've got three kids, it's like you're working three jobs, you know, and they're all on their own schedule and they've all got their own thing. And you're intimately, emotionally uh, in, 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 engaged in this where it's, it's, you know, it's you just can't let it go. It's important. And I've been a parent. I know what it's like. Mm-hmm. I know what the responsibility level is like. And I give it up. To all the parents out there who grind every single day. So thank you, parents, Absolutely. for pouring yourself and your love into being the best version of yourself that you can be for those kids. And don't be so hard on yourself for the times when you do a crappy job because you're going to do a crappy job sometimes. That happens. Yep. That's part of it. And we all do less than best at times. Yep. And we just need to accept that. Um, that's okay and not be too hard on ourselves about it because if I were to say the same thing and I, I think this is kind of a it's an interesting little segue because I'm thinking particularly of one of my best friends I love very much and I'm seeing him go through uh, grow through the first few years of his second child 
and the timing worked out that they were about five years apart. So he'd just gotten through the period where uh, his first child was just really, you know, getting to school and having some time and all of a sudden, boom, back in baby land yeah. and starting all over again. And he looks smoked. Yeah. Just smoked, right? Like just big, big bags under the eyes and just working full job and just trying to keep it going and just exhausted and really loves his kids and loves mm -hmm. his family. And, you know, absolutely just a wonderful human, just a beautiful person. And I can see when he's like, you know, he gets short tempered or gets triggered and just doesn't have everything to give. And and it's, there's no days off, you know, of course, there's of course you get short tempered. You know, yeah. there's no days off that you never get to go to. There's no like time that you get for yourself unless you like have a really strict boundaries yeah. around things like exercise or work time or reading or like where you can say I'm you know, not available. But hey, how can you say you're not available to your kid? So hard. You know, so hard. Oh, my God. Worse than a, a worse than a boss. Oh, my right? God. <laughs> you tell a boss I'm busy. I can't like come to work worse. right now. I mean. I'm sure it's wonderful in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that being a parent is, is not an experience that I've, I'm not a parent. So I don't know that experience. I can only, only empathetically think, imagine what that would, would be like, but I'm imagining it varies as well. I think some people are potentially in the camp of, and I've had th these conversations with clients, which is why I sort of feel like I can reflect on this with some understanding is some parents are just so in love with their kids and they get a lot of energy from that. Other parents are like, oh, I damn, I love my kids and fuck, I'm tired and whoa, I wish I could go out with my girlfriends or whatever and get some time. And then there's other parents that are like, I really feel kind of bad and guilty because I, I wonder why I had kids. It, it, I don't love this. And I, I love them, but I really f almost, I feel gu guilty that I'm even contemplating that, which sounds terrible, but it's only quote unquote terrible because we have shamed that thought, which is, I think that thought is totally understandable because of the rigor of being a parent and running businesses and, and being the provider for your family or having to work any kind of job. It's just, it's a lot. So I just want to validate that experience too, since we went there and we're talking about being a parent and its impact on being a remote worker and being just a human being. Well, yeah, I couldn't talk about the idea of remote work without talking about being a parent because there's the workplace, there's the home. Yeah. When we think about the home as, you know, some you know place of rest or place of escape from work. But if you're a parent, it's actually a place of work. Yeah. And if you're in a relationship, it's a place of work where you have a lot of energy that needs to invest into that time and space. You know, being a single person or living on your own in a, in a bachelor pad or, you know, a, a, a one person apartment or whatever. Yeah. Maybe it's got a little more respite to it to that uh, you know to escape the workplace but if you're coming home to a set of responsibilities of being a parent or engaged in a relationship there's a whole other time commitment involved in mm -hmm. that now we see okay so i don't know about you but a lot of the people that i work with <laughs> stew <laughs> the kids are in the frame yeah. while you're in a business call yeah you know the kids are like daddy 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 they right. come in the picture <laughs> right. and, just, and dad's like I'm on a call. 
Oh, it's so tough. I'm sorry. And you're like, hang yeah. on a second. I got to hang on a second. I got to get mute right. and then on mute and off to like manage the children. And Ugh. you can see how it's like, there's no, there's no break. So I really relate to how there's this pros and cons, advantages, disadvantages, positive, negatives of going to the workplace, having a place where you go to focus on something, you get some time to really engage is can be hugely advantageous rather than having everything all stuck in one place all the time. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I think it's great how because this seismic uh, disruption of our work styles has happened in the global experience, I think it's great that so much more people are accepting those types of interruptions. People are getting this window into what it's like in a person's home. And they're getting a window into the person having to balance being a parent or being a pet dog owner, being a, you know what I mean? And that impacts, it just, it it impacts. Did you feel, did you feel a shift there? Like, I feel like, Prior to COVID, if you were doing something remotely, it was less acceptable to be interrupted by Absolutely. kids or yes. family or a dog. That's or something. what I mean. Yeah. And so I saw, I think I'm not, I, I can be wrong in my quote here, but I think it was an episode of Saturday Night Live and they were doing a, a live, somebody was, I think it was Alanis Morissette was singing and she had her daughter on her hip you know yeah before the live saturday night live thing where she's like she's from her home studio but she's like there's two things going on here like i can't let go of this responsibility even though i'm going to be on live tv tonight singing for a live global audience i love it i still have to be a parent right now i remember that it's so good and i really felt like that in a lot of ways that shift has been really healthy for us because we recognize everybody's showing up Right. Mm-hmm. Like we're showing up in whatever way we can, regardless of what our circumstances are, whether I'm showing up to you this TTJ mm-hmm. podcast from my bunk bed in Lisa Botten, Norway, <laughs> or whether I'm showing up to a, you know, a skyscraper office corner window, you know, to do whatever job needs to be done. We show up in whatever way we, we have to in order to be available in the way that we want to be. Uh Yeah. One of the things that I think is really great about this, again, this global experience of access, having now so many more people having access to remote work and genuine lifestyle opportunities, which are only made available because of physical flexibility is, and I keep saying this sort of global experience because COVID has impacted the the globe. Uh, Certainly, I imagine it's different country to country, of course, but I think it's wonderful that now more people are having opportunities to have global experiences whether it is, oh my God, I would never have been able to attend a talk with Tarari Trent in, you know, 
London or Zimbabwe or wherever, but because it occurs now and it's an available thing and there's a live stream, I can go to that. I can get access to that thought leadership and that learning and that spiritual generosity from, from her and her, all of those things concurrently, you're modeling it right now, you are in a different country, you are able to, even though it's hard, it is possible for you to choose to go to Norway, and opt to maintain your business commitments, your work, while you are having that experience. So yeah, maybe it's not sustainable for you to have a 10pm call and only have calls from 7pm to midnight because you're base jumping during the day or our teaching or whatever coaching. But you're doing it because you want to and you can only because of the fact that this remote work is possible. You know what I mean? Theoretically, you could do it if the remote work were not possible, but that would be a different impact on your work. You would have seven weeks of disconnection from your projects, which may or may not be something you choose. Yeah, I I totally agree with where you're at right now. The other interesting part of it is that it's harder. Like I personally find it harder to be engaged in something from a distance. Hmm, So yeah. If our only connection, and I mean, kudos, Mel, we've only ever seen each other in person a a limited number of times over the few years that we've been doing this podcast for. And it's been uh, a test case for me for how functional can we truly be? Can we truly run this entire thing remotely? And this has been the true example. There's we've started off remotely. We've maintained it remotely. And there's challenges like we have to learn to overcome the lack of just showing up to the workplace together and being able, like you said, the water cooler time kind Mm -hmm. of thing where you there are things that happen when you're in the physical space where you have more downtime or free time. Where there's more connectivity, totally, there's time to just banter or if I'm on a Zoom call, I generally don't want to spend 15 or 20 minutes chatting exactly before the call because i'm tired of being on a you know there's a stressor related to being on the call correct or there's whether it's time or whether it's just the engagement attention Mm -hmm. level or the fact that it's a screen and i don't have your actual energetic aura here correct so that that's a huge thing right huge thing if if i'm within six feet of you I'm going to feel your energy because you have a magnetic field around you and that's going to let me know how you're feeling I'm going to know it right away from all the body language and from all the energy and we pick up each other's auras whether we want to or not Mm -hmm. and we have a lot more we have to pay a lot more attention when we're in the virtual workspace to how those auras are coming across and trying to be present and make space and create time so that if we are going to be working remotely there's you know time on the beginning and time at the end of an interaction for a little bit more personal yeah connection rather than just say straight to whatever the because boy it can sure become just work just work it can, yeah you can lose all the value right away if it doesn't have that like how are you doing like, exactly let me, let's connect right. and let's be um, meaningful work and meaningful relationships to quote ray dalio ray dalio 
one of my faves. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, it's interesting. I am so glad you bring this up because I mean, I was on a, again, an education session that I was excited to have been a part of. And this, it was basically about remote culture, company culture, and the benefits of that sort of non like not required, but the person maybe in leadership would show up on the call or in the Zoom room 10 minutes early for anybody who just wanted to say hi, shoot the shit, whatever. It was known that that would not be work time because whatever. So they they in, included that and built that and grew that as a company, like just... I don't know what to call it, but just a piece of their culture. So to see if they got the benefits of water cooler chat and allowed people to connect more with the boss in a more intimate, chill way. There's other things that people suggested around doing funny hat day and doing just things that would make zoom experiences more fun. I've done that in my online coaching group for skydiving where we would, it used to basically screen, screen, uh, shot the, the like Brady bunch squares and I could pick the, the square, I could pick the picture, and it was a really funny thing when I would pick the picture at the end when everyone's wearing a funny hat and making a stupid face. It, those types of things infuse a little bit of levity, a little bit of lightness, and a little bit of play into this like thing that can become really heavy and really just work. I, uh, I was thinking about the funny hats one and the no pants. The no pants <laughs> yeah. calls, right? <laughs> Everybody's wearing no pants at this call. I never right? risk wearing no pants because I would just forget <laughs> and stand up. There's just stand no up. doubt. No. <laughs> and I love that with that one where that dude was wearing just like board shorts and the, the full suit on the top. And he accidentally like stood up to get something and was like super embarrassed. But then how the other people on the call showed their lower half and how this the other guy basically was totally also in a pair of board shorts. And it was this really <laughs> amazing bonding moment when when the it was like four people on the call or something. But they all showed, you know what I mean? And it was before this was so much more a thing. It was an early on type of thing. But that's those moments matter. Those, those that humanity matters that like, ugh, not having to be so on, but while not losing the respect for showing up and being on. Do you know what I mean? Like there is this this nice nuance and finesse to allowing for both. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely there's there's the positives and the negatives, right? Always. So. There, here's here's a positive negative is the time zone challenges oh. of working. So, I mean, anybody who's run an international business or does calls, you know, if you work with people in China or you work with people in Europe, you work with people in another continent, Australia, you have to just accept that if there's going to be these t challenging time zone things. But, whoa, is it ever hard to get the times right, to get the like, <laughs> to communicate in a way that is clear about uh, when we're planning to meet. And then I don't, I we, we did this to each other last week or the week yeah, before. I know. I mean, and we, it's happened 
it's I've happened been doing half this a dozen 15 times. Years. 15 yeah, years. It, yeah. And you're just like sitting on the call and I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm like, are you there? I'm here. <laughs> Where's like, everybody else? Yeah. <laughs> right. And you've arranged your whole day to be somewhere at a certain time. <laughs> yeah. And there you are like showing up and you're totally wrong for what time is. <laughs> it's like. Or you flail. Yeah, or, like, or you, you miss like, it and you're totally you miss wrong. It it's like both. It, yeah. I've done both many times. And I'm like, why? Is, yeah. It's a yeah, comedy of why errors. Is, it's so hard sometimes. It's it's really simple. It's like second grade math kind of thing. But we just really struggle with the communication. And I think a lot of it has to do with like we have so many means of communication now. So even just within our own lifetimes, oh. if we go back to just the phone or sending a letter. This was oh. it, right? Like as we were younger oh people, God. there were if you weren't going to go knock on somebody's door in person or show up to meet somebody in person, you could give them a phone call or you could send them a letter. That was it. And the now old fashioned pop in. Don't forget that one, Jason. <laughs> pop in yeah just like pop in <laughs> isn't it do you find that it's very rare now for people to just come over absolutely rare and there's jokes about that shift, right where like yeah. you'll hear a knock at the door and then people will hide like it's that <laughs> it was not you that was that was not the culture yeah that's how you communicate right You're like hey yeah. I, I gotta ask you something i wanted to speak to you yeah i'll knock right on your door what is that yeah so now, even with the phone, as an example, I mean, we have just if Mel and I, we have half a different different means of communication, oh. whether we're using Slack or email or Instagram direct messages or Facebook messages or, you know, whatever the platform is. There's a half a dozen different ways we could get in touch with each other. And I've had to become very strict with people mm -hmm. and be like, look, we're going to communicate through this one system. And that's the only one or two systems if there needs to be a duality in order to, to have some kind of a double backup or yeah, I transition. have a escalation level. Yeah, like transition regular, to. Yeah. So if something's like, you know, normal communications go through email or through Slack or through whatever, Monday.com, and then secondary, if things are really escalated, send me a text message or pick up the phone, you know, and get straight through to me. Or if it's sometimes, this is the other one that's really strange. I find we put so much energy, we waste so much energy typing when we could just pick up the phone. Yeah, totally. Know? Yeah, it's interesting. And that's a, I think a whole different nuanced thing for for each person because i've seen how many memes have i seen about introverts that make the joke of like when they see someone calling and how like oh my god no way that could be a text so there's people that feel that way and then there's other people that like oh my god just call me five seconds but you know it's i would be lying if i didn't say there are some friends that i am i feel perfectly at ease answering the phone because i know if i had to i could be like yo i'm busy what's up and we could talk for 30 seconds and it would be no big deal and then there's other people that i can't pick up the phone or i let it go to voicemail because i know it'll be likely a longer conversation or that that person will want more out of me that i'm not in a place to give them and i feel totally okay with that that's a different kind of boundary holding as well around availability in this remote life that we're living 
I, uh, I have to give some credit to Tucci, to my, my first wife, because she taught me how to not answer the phone. Because mm-hmm. oh God, I had this like 100%. If the phone rang, I was going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. I would never just sit there and let it like I had an anxiety around the phone ringing. If the phone was ringing, I, I just couldn't possibly be in the same room with it and just sit there and look at it and not <laughs> answer it. It was like I had to stop whatever I was doing oh. in order to answer the phone. And it took me years of dealing with I would see her phone ring. And she would just not interrupt whatever she was doing and she would carry on doing it and let the phone ring and ring until it went to voicemail. And I'd be like, ah, how can you, this is so, there's some, you're like, and then she's just like, what? Like, I'll check my voicemail later or I'll get back to them. And whatever, you know, it doesn't really matter. I don't have to be available to that all the time. Yeah. I think as far as boundary setting, I really have to thank her for helping me to learn that because I've learned that now my phone is on silent totally. 24 hours a day. There Most are, of the time, me too. Not 24 are, hours, but a lot of the time. I've got half a dozen numbers that I've programmed to let go through. And nice. so those people can ring through. And mm-hmm. it will otherwise my phone is on an off mode because I don't want to be interrupted by the total number of scam calls that I no. get, the total number of just, you know, just random interruptions to like, I don't want a phone call right now. I'm in the middle of a show with, with Mel. Exactly. You know? So the phone is off. You know? And whether that's my own time, that's the other thing with remote work, right? Like if I'm really trying to be boundaried and say this, no, no, this is my time. Even if I'm zoning out on Netflix or I'm just taking a nap you know, mm-hmm. I need to be okay to turn everything off and to put up those boundaries and to be like, no, I'm good right here. Exactly. Uh, and not feel like my responsibility just continues into every hour of every day. Absolutely. Really quickly, because I know we're getting close on time, but the I was listening to a Tim Ferriss episode the other day and Elizabeth Gilbert and he were talking about their email inboxes. And you send me a link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. And and Liz likened she had talked about work that she had done with Martha Beck who is this amazing life coach and someone I again got her uh, her book signed when I was a very early life coach myself and I walked away from her cried in recognition of wanting to be like her like she's wonderful so anyway Liz works with Martha and starts to understand these this idea of boundaries and the simple no uh Byron Katie's work about what is the story you're telling yourself and having these really loving boundaries and also not allowing people in if you don't want to that's it. There's no explanation needed. A no is is a full communication. So anyway, she's talking about the her inbox and how when she gets emails that are requests for her time because she is very a sought after person. And I feel like that is more and more happening to me. I don't say that to sound cool. I just say that like I get a lot of emails now. And I used to pride myself on sharing I, you know, I used to pride myself on, on responding to everyone, even if it were a thoughtful decline or this or that. And Liz talked about how she likens it to her house and how if somebody sends her an email that has not been invited into her house, like if someone just walked into her kitchen and sat down and she came downstairs, she would feel like I do not owe these people anything. I would be like, 
get out of my house or I would, you know what I mean? So when she's talking about, I get an email from someone and then I just don't respond. I literally delete them without reading them. I'm definitely not to that point. I'll read emails, but I am definitely at the point where there are some that I simply do not respond to. And it's not to be mean. It's simply to acknowledge energy and availability and when I owe stuff to people based on my value system and when I don't. I completely resonate with you. There was yeah. a, it was quite a while ago when I hit my daily email limit where there's so much. And I, I to be a responsible remote worker, I have to have a system that allows people to reach me through either email, phone calls, text messages, direct messages, uh, internet workspaces, whatever they are, that says there's a certain inbox flow that's going to occur and I'm going to review them and I'm not going to miss anything there. But when the total amount of time that it takes to review all of the incoming items absorbs the entire time that you would use to do any of the other work then and never get to anything, then it, it becomes a non-functional process. So Correct. I've also hit this point with myself where I'm like, look, I could just do emails on Monday and your emails are going to have to wait a long time for me to get to them. And that mean, means all the other things slow down or I can just skim through and like pick out the ones that I know are pressing for time or of importance. And uh, so I hope that anybody who I work with who is listening to this, who knows that sometimes I don't get back to you for a long time. It's because there's so much stuff coming in from so many places that yes. I can't possibly be expected to respond to all of it. There's just Correct. not enough hours in the day to do all that and still have time for self-care or to be present and show up to all the other responsibilities like being on time for a meeting. So mm -hmm. it's, it's so challenging in that respect. And I'll just c close this with a hilarity. Where I'm working right now, we've had to make these signs, a big sign that's on the door that says, do not come into this house, because sometimes people will literally walk in the door and be standing in the kitchen. And you're like, uh, hello, you come around the corner, there's some tourist standing in the kitchen. It's a total stranger. And they're like, hi, uh, can I help? I'm looking for. And they're like, this is my house. Oh, you know, my what God. are you doing in our house? <laughs> Literal. Like that oh literal, literal happens exactly like that, where a tourist is looking to find something and they just open a door and walk in. And you're just like, you're in my kitchen right now. Can oh, my God. Well, the irony of this of this share as our closing point, I think it is actually quite hilarious that now we're going to say, seriously, if you resonate, reach out to us like we, we actually really do want to hear like we actually want to hear from from you listening like trust the journey and the our community our trust the journey family matters to us and so yeah we might not be able to respond instantly to a message that you send us but we want to receive it we want to connect with you and of course as we say in the beginning trust the journey dot today share all the things we we welcome it i'm at melaniecurtis.com jay is on instagram at jason underscore maledsky so we do welcome that connection. It's I actually feel good about being honest about the availability and the response time and stuff like that and how that can taper expectations for people that are reaching out to us or just anybody who is in a similar situation to us. And I think that honesty and that 
that sharing of what our reality is, is actually really good, you know, because I it's it, I like it when the expectations are clear and you have some transparency around who and what you're you're dealing with and the kind of engagement you can look out for. But anyway, I could go on and on. Jay, you're amazing. I love you so much. Everybody who follows us, I love you so much. And anything else, my friend, before we close? Yeah, I actually want to say thank you and acknowledge everybody who I work with in a remote space. And it's really interesting to take, I just want to take a second here because it's worthy. There are all these different groups of people that I work with. Melanie, the prime example right here, right there. She now being like, here it is in this virtual workspace and showing up at these odd hours and odd times. And it's a Saturday and you had to wait for family to finish being, you know, yep. to find the time and space. I've got all these groups with that I work with, with Flight One, with the Desert Solo Collective, with my Sky family. And the I just want to say thank you to everybody for your patience and for your understanding. And it's just reciprocal. Like, I get it. Totally. You know, we get it. It, it. It's this is life. So thank you to everybody for all the patience and all the dedication. And thank you to the Trusted Journey family. You know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> and we love you. And you're amazing. And thank you for your support. We yeah, you. I completely echo that to my teams as well. And my, the people I work with. Thank you. It is it's not nothing to have some gentleness with this and it's wonderful uh, all right fam we freaking love Desert you soul collective love yeah. you yeah shout out bye everyone bye everyone love you